I said, can you tell your mommy there's a at the door? She ran. I was like, mommy, mommy, there's a at the door. Her mama come outside, saw me and slapped her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I am so sorry. We is not like that. We just moved in this neighborhood. So when I go and knock on the first door, this dude came out with a gun. As soon as I get off her porch, take a step, like five four-wheelers just surrounded me. Like, And then he was like, my brother about to pull up in a brown native pride truck. If you don't get in, I'm going to blow your head off. As soon as he said that, my manager in the van left. Appreciate you for tuning in in this episode of Funky Friday. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this. And if you're feeling really funky, leave a comment. Enjoy the show. Yo, what's good? What's popping? What it is, what it ain't, what it could be, what it should be, what it would be. Cam Newton, the son, Mr. Boogie to all. And I'm here to give good content for the masses, but to always, and I mean always, and I mean always, Keep it funky for your asses. Now, I would always think that I was a very witty, kind of quick, you know, response type of guy. But my guest today is a content creator, a salesman, a comedian. And if you've seen him on YouTube, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I present the song and introduce the others. Mr. Kenny Brooks. How are you doing? Like my guy. brother. Yes, sir. Straight. Man, I appreciate you having me. Man, listen, now, for, for the people who haven't seen this go, right, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know what I'm saying? Just to be able to think so fast and have a, a, a rapid response, you know what I'm saying, to what? Like, people, like, you're in sales, you're, you're in sales, but how long have you been doing, you know, the sales thing? Um, I started when I was like 12 years old. Okay. Yeah, like growing up in Detroit, like it's crazy. Like um, you a product of your environment. And like I was raised by like two strong women, which my mother and my grandmother, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like people, like you used to always tell me, even my family members, they were like, you're going to be just like your dad. I'm like, I don't even know this dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One of my jokes I used to say when I used to knock on people's doors, I'd be like, we come once a year like my father. Because like. It was a, it was a, a something that I said, but I made fun out of pain. That's what people don't understand. But like, uh, I remember like, it was so much negativity that people used to tell me like, you ain't gonna make it. You know the saying like, uh, like black people, well, you ain't gonna make it past twenty one. Are you gonna be in dead in jail? And then they thought like, as coming from like where I come from, the product of my environment, that you only can make it out of the hood, like doing sports or a rapper. You know what I mean? So I. I got into sales at an early age, and what's crazy, I got into sales by accident. Cause I remember, like, I grew like, like right now I'm like six four, but like at the age of twelve, I I, I went from like four eleven to like five foot five. Mm. And when I woke up, I thought I was in a brand new bed. I'm like, damn, my head legs hanging off the bed. <laughs> I really just like grew. Damn. And um, I remember going to school, and I asked my mom, cause she gave me some basketball shoes, and she couldn't afford them. So I went to school that day and we had gym. We had gym and I was sliding like I had on some slip and slide records before Trick Daddy. I was sliding out of the gym to the lunchroom. I was humiliated like everybody was talking about me. And I told myself, this the broke as I'm going to ever be. Mm. You know what I mean? So whatever you're looking for, looking for you. And like on my way home from school, I seen a sign on the um, telephone pole and it was like you can make $50 a week. Um, delivering Detroit News and Free Press. That was a newspaper in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, I called that number. 
And I remember um, they hired me that same day. So I, I had like a paper route job where I was working from like 4 to 6 at the school. You know what I mean? 4, 4, 4 p.m. to 6 4 p.m. to 6, right. Mm -hmm. So my first day out... <laughs> I remember it like yesterday, me and my coworker, we would go to like the suburbs of Detroit. We'd go to like St. Clair Shores, Gross Point, Nova, Bloomfield Hills. We'd go to like where the rich white people stay at because, of course, right. we weren't doing that in Detroit. They'd stick you up or whatever. You know what I mean? So Correct. we was going out. And I remember me and my coworker, one to pull a wagon, the other one to deliver it to the addresses. You know what I'm saying? And we deliver it to this wrong person address. And he came out snapping on us, this white dude. And the first thing we thought of, because it's crazy, like your, per your perception is your reality. We thought he was racist. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm -hmm. if we as white, he wouldn't have cussed us out. You know what I'm saying? I kind of found out he just had canceled his subscription and he ain't want us to throw paper at this house no more. You know what I mean? So I, I said one little joke because my friend was ready to fight. He was like, you know what I mean? He was like, man, this dude racist. I'm about to go beat him up. I'm like, no, I got this. So I asked my sir. I said, sir, can I ask you a question? He was like, what? I was like, you got kids, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, if two of your kids was playing and one broke the glass, would you spank both of them? He was like, no. I was like, well, you shouldn't spank us for the bad performance. Let me just call my stupid advisor. I said this at 12 years old. He started busting out laughing. We upgraded him like Beyonce. So I went in that day from being like a, a paper route dude uh. to a salesperson. So when I went in, they made me a salesman. And this is when I found out that besides actors and entertainers, the highest paid people in the world was salespeople. I learned this at 12 years old because I could have been making $50, like, you know what I'm saying, on a salary. No matter what I was doing, I was making $50. But I started working off commission. Mm -hmm. And then it's crazy because I remember my mama told me, she was like, you ain't knocking on nobody's door. They going to snatch you in the house. You know what I'm saying? All type of crazy stuff. And then when she saw my first paycheck, she's like, no, keep doing it, keep doing it. Because I was making my money to her. I was making like 500 bucks at the age of 12. You feel me? Right. And that's when I found out that I would never punch a clock unless I swung on Flavor Flav. Because I was like, I would never... Like, I couldn't see myself working a nine to five and we doing the same work and we get the same... So hold on. Slow, slow, slow down. Slow down. Because you was going seven minutes straight and me being the actual host... I was like, damn, I was there with you. And you know what I'm saying? I seen an actual white man come out with his slipping slides on with his bathrobe on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Frustrated. His wife probably didn't give him none the night before. Shit, he just got a little squig of milk that he mad as hell about. But like your punchlines, that's all comedians and really rappers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The great ones, they're able to know the perfect timing to deliver, you know what I'm saying? Because if I say, your breast ain't, it ain't going to hit the same if, you know what I'm saying, you waiting, you waiting, you waiting, but your breast ain't though, but keep going. Though. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's going to hit a little different. Yeah. How have you or how did you perfect your punchlines and the timeliness of it as you would go from selling anything? Uh, that's a great question. So, like, my favorite rapper growing up was, like, Lil Wayne and, like, that was like my inspiration to even putting words together. And then like when I got into sales, like at 12 years old, I used to just write jokes. Like I write like one-liners. I'm listening to Eminem, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, you know what I'm saying? And I know how they put words together. And then that's what I started doing. But I like when I when I did the door-to-door -door, the um newspaper, they gave me a speech. And I was not Martin Luther King. I'm like, man, they, I'm lying to these people. I ain't about to tell them I'm working towards a college education. I'm 12 years old. I'm just trying to get some basketball shoes. So I knew that wasn't me. You know what I mean? I couldn't. So I started writing down my own jokes and lines. You know what I mean? And like I said, I, I use these jokes to this day. They say, if you're in Rome, do as a Roman. So I really was just listening to music. Mm -hmm. And then I started 
using my personality and the, I started writing down jokes. I had like 10 notebooks full of jokes mm. and I just started putting them together. Do you do stand up? Yeah, I do stand up. I, I, I just started doing stand up like probably like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. That whole transition though, because I see what you do mm-hmm. as, in lack of a better term, it's somewhat like battle rap. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like real quick response, real, you know, um, punchlines is is everything. But any great battle rapper may not be a good musical artist when it comes to an actual song. Right. You feel me? I see guys like Meek Mill who's been able to the the crack Da Vinci Code, him amongst others who have been able to do that. But even social media um or or content creators that we may see on social media, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. But when it goes into a whole different uh, uh, genre of that specific commodity, which is comedy, they may not get the same response. So how was that, you know, for you? Talking in regards to stand-up comedy and you doing, you know what I'm saying, what you do. I feel like, you know, it, it could be tough, it could be hard. Yeah. But how have you been able to manage that? Um, so, like stand up comedy, it, it was it's challenging at a point, but that's I I love like anything that'll give me a run for my money because the difference with like me being a salesperson and using personality mm-hmm. and doing stand up comedy. So I used to go to like a lot of open mics, and the hardest thing is to make other comedians laugh. You know what I'm saying? Because when you at open mics, you around other comedians, right. so it's a competition. So they feel like if they laugh at your jokes, you better than them. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So some people, you can be funny, the funniest person in the room, but they ain't gonna laugh because they feel crack. like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like my. I know when I do good, when I get booked, you know what I'm saying? When I'm in front of a real audience like y'all, you know what I mean? And right. then people come out and then they laugh for real because they don't know me, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's the only thing challenging with like stand-up comedy is that like you got to know your audience and you got to know that the same people that's not going to laugh, the same people that tell you later on or through a DM or through a text like, oh man, you was funny. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying like you found out at what age that you had a gift. When my grandmother passed away, when I got into like door to door traveling, before I went viral, I was like 18. 18. Yeah. Right. Did you play any sports? Yeah, I played basketball. So I played basketball and I dropped out my senior year and quit basketball when my grandmother passed away. So, do you have any type of higher learning when it comes to sales or communication? I got all of that from door to door. So, am I hearing this right? Did you graduate high school? Nuh-uh. I dropped out my senior year. Did you? So, without you graduating, you never went to college? Mm-mm. I went to school at Hard Knock University. That was my college. Okay, Jay-Z. Yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> you've gotten the experience with actual being boots on the ground, learning mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Tell me an experience that you may have had that, you know, Every door is a different door. Right. You feel me? Mm-hmm. What is your tactics when you go to a door? Let's say, for instance, you're trying to sell this cigar cutter, right? Mm-hmm. What would be your approach? Let's say you may meet a Caucasian man. Does that change if you're meeting an African American man? What about a Chinese American? What about a Mexican? What about an any different ethnicity group? Does that alter your approach to sales? Because in my mind, I feel like I can sell anybody but a dead body. 
Mm. Like, long as you can see, you know what I mean, you can hear, <laughs> I can sell you. What's your comfort techniques, though? So if you you, do, you knock on door one, you know, a, a woman comes out, you know, what's the approach to her? It's like, do I have to make her laugh first yeah. or do I try to it just tell her depends the facts because, about... Yeah, it depends. Like, if, like, like, I wouldn't approach you how I would approach him. I wouldn't approach you. Everybody is different, you know right. what I mean? So I size people up because the eyes is a window to the soul. So, like, if you like a younger, like, person, then I'm going to flatter you and I'm going to throw a little reference out there, like a referral. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Hey, how's it going? You know, a lot of yeah, a lot of your neighbors, they've been loving me like fat kids love cake. And then if they laugh, boom, I got you. I'm going to break the ice. They don't laugh. Then what you got? Then they to? don't laugh. Well, look, I'm going to cut straight to the mustard. I'm like Nicolas Cage. I'm going to 60 seconds. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to still wave you in there. because they still not giving. And I'll be like, you must be a boxer. Dang, you putting up a fight. Because most of your neighbors have been buying Lamborghini fast. And then, like, something going to do it. But it, mm -hmm. it, it depends on, because you, you got to understand, too, is that, like, conversation rule the nation. And I know the difference between uh, interested and not interested. Like, if you're not interested, you would have been closed the door. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like a lot of people that was never interested, they would have been, like, because I know the difference between, you know, uh, K-N-O-W, N-N-O. Like, no, they slammed the door. Okay, they Jesus didn't sell everybody. That's my mentality. But K-N-O-W, they don't know why they telling me no. You know what I mean? They suspicious. You know what I mean? Knows different people. Knows. Yeah, exactly. Hey! <laughs> K-N-O-W versus... Boy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some right now, but I ain't even gonna count, like... Wow. I was today years old when they just really Hey listen, <laughs> while you dropping these these damn bombs over here, no bin Laden. Uh, at the end of the day, well, right now I wanna I wanna kinda transition into a game, right? And it's called quarterback handoff with Kenny Brooks. I'm gonna start hand off a quote to you and you are going to finish the quote. Get through all the quotes in one minute and you win. Are you ready? Yep. You sure you ready? Positive. So I'm going to start off with a, um, with a quote, and then you finish it in your own way. All right. Number one. Start the clock. This is safe around dogs. I like Michael Vick. <laughs> and it's safe around kids. I like Pee Wee Herman or R. Kelly. This should be the main reason you get the HBO special. You get to help a brother out. If you can't get the whole chicken, at least get the wing. My mom said oatmeal beating no meal. Why you think Quaker doing so good? My mom says if it's darker than me and it don't pay the bills, it shouldn't be there. Look, you just got back and forth like an argument. Oh, you just go back yeah, and forth. you just go back. I say, I say that, or I say you just go back and forth like Aaliyah. Yeah. So. You must be a teacher. Because you got a lot of class. Did you see Stevie Wonder piano on VH1? He didn't either. You can use it on anything. The only thing it don't clean is... Dirty mind, dirty soul, nosy neighbors, and bad credit. Well, you own some, but... They came together. Like butt cheeks. I'm going to be quick like Nestle. And beat it like Michael Jackson. 
one bottle lasts longer than my last relationship. By the time you run out, we probably have a Chinese president. You harder to catch than my ex-wife boyfriend. <laughs> so you like how like how does your mind generate humor in responses? You see what I'm saying? Like where did that come from? I swear it's a gift. I know it's a gift. That's what I was saying. Like when my grandmother died, right? This is what really got me back into sales. So my grandmother passed away and I dropped out of high school my senior year and I quit um, basketball. And my grandmother had a funeral and I just put on like a show. Like everybody was crying and depressed and everything. And then they, you know how they had you come up and say stuff like remember your grandmother. And I just started t telling jokes and it was, I was like being myself though. I was like, dang, man. I remember one time my grandmother roasted me. I just was talking about how she was talking about my breath one day. And then, like, everybody started laughing. Like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. It's like, she was like, I forgot what I said, though. It was one line that I remember. She was like, I was like, yeah, I was talking to my grandmother one day. She kept get, trying to give me some gum. I'm like, why you keep on giving me some gum? She's like, boy, because you got morning breath at night. And then, like, you know, and then they was laughing, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then that's when I found out. But I remember my grandmother on her deathbed, she told me, she was like, you special. Like, you you just don't, I don't know what it is. You just know how to, like, make people laugh, and you don't even try to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what really, like, got me back into sales. And everything I did, it really, like, I knew, like, I wanted to just make her proud. You know what I mean? So, so you would say comedy for you is a coping mechanism. Uh, yeah. Coping mechanism. Yeah. So I'll transition to something real quick. Right. Because I think I have a due diligence to not only speak for my own personal, um, you know, wonders and mysteries, but also for the person who sees this. You didn't graduate high school. No higher learning. Mm -hmm. You have children. Yes. Right. So when your son or your daughter tells you one day, I don't want to go to school anymore. What would you tell them? <laughs> um. That's a good question. They never even like, they never even like told, if they was to tell me that, then I will automatically tell them that they got to finish school because they got to make up for something I didn't do. Like right now, I'm living through my kids. Like I got my one son, he like an all-star basketball player. He like 6'5 and he's 16. He he just had 55 points in high school. I know that if I would have finished back, like high school, I would have like probably went to the NBA. But not only that, I got my kids going door to door. They go door to door like they... Like, I got them reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Fools, people, they 10, 11 years old. So everything that I went through as a little kid, I got them doing it. So that way, when they get my age, they won't have to go through the same thing I went through. Right. So it's like, they already like, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if I tell them a mosquito can pull a truck, they ain't going to question the orders. They just going to hook it up. Because they already see how I'm aspiring the world, so they ain't got no choice but to, you know what I mean? I can be wrong, and they still going to look at me like my dad, right? You know what I mean? But is that is that... <laughs> is that teaching them right? Because that's one of the, we grew up in a situation where like our parents do as I say, not as I do Right. type of mentality. But does that make it right though? Yeah. And it's coming from a person, bro, how many kids do you have? 10. You got 10 kids. I got seven. I right. want more, right. right? So you inspire me. Right. You know what I'm saying? You did. <laughs> so if my, if my woman looking at this, baby, get ready. I'm coming home hot. You hear me? <laughs> 
hot and ready like Krispy Kreme, baby, like Little Caesars, you hear me? But needless to say, I'm in a situation as a parent where when I came out of high school, I had to go to college right. or go to the army mm-hmm. or get a job, yeah. right? Yeah. My dad told me, he's like, son, I'm breaking your plate. As soon as you, you know, as soon as high school over, I'm breaking the plate. You're, you're no mm-hmm. longer wanted here. You're visiting from this point forward. See, the, the difference with me is that I don't believe in everybody else's American dream. You get what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of people that went to college and now got $5 in their bank account. Mm-hmm. So, like, one thing, I learned so much stuff going door to door that I never learned in school. You know what I mean? Or I you learned, will ever yeah, learn. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm teaching them, like, financial literacy earlier, how to build credit. Like, they, they don't teach this in school. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, at the end of the day, like, I know a lot of my friends that went to college, got master degrees. Even, like, some of my kids, um, my kids' mom, they got, and they, you know what I'm saying? They in a, in a terrible situation. So, I'm teaching my kids young, like... Like, at the end of the day, the choice is yours, but they already see what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the day, if they don't want to finish school and they want to start their own business and they want to do this, hey, I'm I'm with it. Because I know, like, at the end of the day, I did the same thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Even though, like, a lot of, like, like, that's why I say the American dream is like, oh, you got to go to college. You got to do this. That ain't my American dream, though. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't go that route. Like, Like, I went a whole different route. Like, I hear you talk about two strong women in your lives. In your life, how many siblings did you have? I had six, seven, seven. Right? Yeah. Was that morphed by like brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers? Like how growing up, you knowing you got this gift, where was the whole environment like jokey, playing, all joning on each yeah. other, roasting? It was all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like the second oldest, but I was like the black sheep of the family. But at the same time, like, I was like, when I when I was growing up, I was like kind of like the negative leader. Like, I used to always have my little brothers and sisters like doing negative stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it was to the point sometimes we couldn't even like, we couldn't afford to eat. You know what I mean? We would go like hit licks and stuff. But whatever I told them to do, they did it. So I knew that like if I turned that into a positive then, you know what I mean? Like when I started going door to door and I was making like two, three thousand dollars a week, like selling the cleaning product, I brought my family, like the same ones that was doing negative. So I was like, huh, come with me. This this is positive, you know what I mean? And Correct. then they so that's how I knew that like I can lead by example by doing the right thing, like Spike Lee, because at the end of the day, I did negative stuff and they was following me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could follow somebody to a restaurant and starve. You know, you following the wrong leader. So I knew that like I had to, you know, stay on point like Stacey Adams and then that's when the success came. Well, before this shit all over with, boy, I'm going to go back and watch this shit and I'm going to be right down every single punchline this dude done said. Now, even when you talk about sales, right, not your prototypical American dream. Mm-hmm. Take me through, and I don't know how much you can kind of render, but I'm curious to know, what was a great week for you? Like, what's the most money you probably made going from door to door? I made like 10,000 in one week. I broke the company record. So the company record, so. $10,000? Yeah. And I was, my commission was $20 a bottle. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this was after I went viral. So when I went viral in 2010, I broke the company record in like 2012. 
But what's crazy is that the company record was like 59. I wrote 112 sales in one day. So that one day I made like $4,000, like $5,000 that one day. Mm. Yeah, people was coming up taking pictures by. That's why I say, like, they were like, I just saw you on YouTube. I didn't even know what was going on. Like I said, I went viral in 2010. I didn't find out I went viral till like 2017. But that week, that my most money I made in one week, I made like $10,000. Like, yeah, because we got paid off best bonus and commission. And like, yeah, I made, I made a killing without a machine gun that week for sure. Yeah. And you, so right now, what, what would you consider? Are you still going door to door? So no, I do like a lot of social media stuff. So that's the best thing about my brand is that my brand is funny salesman. So I get booked for comedy and I get booked to train people how to sell, teach sales because I got like 15 years experience. Like people don't understand the videos they laugh at. I was like homeless, was in a terrible situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that one video changed my life. And I feel like that was God's plan, like Drake, because people don't understand that I really like put in a lot of work to get where I'm at today. You know what I mean? Like I like... I used to work eight days a week. I never gave up. I went from getting kidnapped by Indians to selling Jamie Foxx to uh, working in a racist town. Where they called me the N-word, and I still sold the dude that called, get off my porch. What? He owe me $5. He started laughing. I sold him. He, he ain't even bought a cleaner. He bought, like, he ain't even bought because of me. He was like, I'll take some of that juice. I, that was his exact words, I swear to God. He ain't even care about me. He bought the product because it cleaned this oil. Like, didn't shake my hand or nothing. He said, look, go to my neighbor house. By the time you go knock on my neighbor door, leave my product right there. I'm going to pick the product up and leave your $40 there. That's how I got the sale. I had to knock on this neighbor door. I was like, oh, you want to play like that? I went and knocked on the neighbor door. A little girl was outside. I said, it's a little white girl, too. I said, can you tell your mommy there's a at the door? She ran. I was like, mommy, mommy, there's a at the door. Her mama come outside, saw me, and slapped her. <laughs> you know I'm I am so sorry. We is not like that. We just moved in this neighborhood. How can I help you? Oh, it's just $40. And I thought about it like, dang, I just got her daughter slapped thinking everybody was racist. True story. This really happened. You know what I'm saying? So, like, people don't understand. Like, I really put in a lot of work, but I went through a lot of adversity. But right next door to failure is success. Right next door to adversity is leadership. So, it really don't, you know what I mean? Tough times don't last. Tough people do. But I put in a lot of work, and I saw what other people didn't see. You know what I mean? I saw my vision. Like, I, I seen it. So. Did you apologize to the little girl? I couldn't. Because <laughs> I just left it where it was at. You know, I got a sale. And they made up for the person that, you know, wanted the juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it ain't my fault. You like, know what I'm saying? Did I do that? <laughs> they said, look. <laughs> hey, but, I, but I'll say that to, the, to this point, man. What was the most kind of scared moment that you've had because you mean everything that you're talking about is success in its own right yeah you feel me but people don't talk about man bro i done today i didn't make no money you know what i'm saying today i got a a bunch of hell knows knows all that you know what i'm saying so for you what was that experience for you like that it's like uh-uh that's funny you probably ain't gonna believe it but i never got that I never had like a bad day um, selling since I was like 12 years old to like, um, even when I got kidnapped by the Indians and stuff, I still, I think that probably was the only day that I didn't really get no sales because I couldn't even work. You know what I mean? I used to tell myself when I was knocking on doors, like only how I'm going to lose in this game if I get hit by a bus. 
Because, like, my mentality, I was stronger than the Holy Ghost. I was reading so many books. And then I remember Bill Cosby said, he said, you want to have something from a dummy, put it in a book. So I really started investing in myself. Like, I started buying all type of books, and that's all I kept doing. I kept reading, 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 just feeding myself so much knowledge to where I became, like, invincible. Like, when a person came, I was, like, already two steps ahead of everybody. Like, and, like, it was crazy. I, I don't even really know how to explain it. But I know that that like and people laugh. They were like, "Damn, you got kidnapped by Indians?" No, I I ain't get. I got kidnapped by like Native Americans. Like I was working in California, and it was an Indian reservation. I knocked on, and they didn't like black people. You know what I'm saying? And I was like at the wrong place at the wrong time. So I would say that's the only time that I didn't get an opportunity to make sales. How long were you in bondage? Huh? Now you say you got kidnapped. Yeah. How did you get out? Like an unmarked police car happened to like save me like at the last minute. This is a true story. Yeah, swear to God, facts. So you got, they just took you. Boom. No. So uh, this is a super long story. I swear, I kind of trying to sum it all up. So, but how um, it was this? Were you going for days? Or no, no. What? I was. So I was like, it, it was like attempt to kidnap. So basically, like. Um, my coworker ended up working an Indian reservation and he made like 30 some sales that day. And he beat me this one day. I had like 25, I had like a slow day, but I still made like almost like a thousand dollars that day. Mm -hmm. And he beat me that day. So he started talking crazy to me. So I went in the meeting and I bet it. I was like, I got $500 that I would go work the same neighborhood he worked and I'm a double his sales. He worked the Indian reservation. So when I go and knock on the first door, this dude came out with a gun. And he was like, get off my porch before I blow your head off. So I walked off. You know what I mean? And as I'm walking, he started following me. So I jumped on the phone and called my coworker. I was like, man, you got to come pick me up. I don't know where you pick me up, but this dude followed me with a gun. Then he started laughing. He was like, wait, you were just selling all them wolf tickets in the meeting? He was like, if I come pick you up, then you disqualify from this uh, bet because you just betted him that you was going to work the same neighborhood. I said he couldn't have worked this neighborhood. Come to find out the dude that worked the neighborhood, he was like half Indian. I thought he was like Spanish the whole time, but he was like black and Indian. So he was like selling his own people. So anyway, to make a long story short, so when I got off the phone with the dude, because my manager was like, if he keep following you, when I get off the phone, just call the police. So when I hung up the phone, I guess the dude must thought I was already on the phone with the police. He ended up going Going back to his house. So I started walking towards his school because I seen like kids out doing recess. And I'm like, if he tries something, then I'm in front of the school. He ain't that slow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, I started walking towards the school. This lady opened her door and she seen me and hurry up and close the door. I ran over to her house. So when I run over there and knock on the door, she had one of them screens off Friday. You know, Friday when Craig came out and it was like a black screen, like they can see you, but you can't see inside their house. Yeah. She had, you know, Callie got them screens. So I'm banging on the door, and then she come out. She was like, come to find out the lady was blind, too. This is crazy story ever. Look, so she got her little stick. So how did she see you? I'm about to tell you. Look, I knocked on her door. She opened the door with her stick, and then I was like, don't shoot, just a chocolate kid. She was like, is you dark chocolate or light chocolate? I'm like, what the hell? This is a chocolate contest? I'm dark chocolate. She was like, you African-American? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She was like, oh, my God, what are you doing in this neighborhood? She was like, I'm surprised one of my nephews ain't terrorized you. She was like, this is a bad time to be in this area she was like um my she was like my brother just got murdered by a um african-american gang and you in the wrong so i was really like in the wrong like at the wrong i was at the wrong place at the wrong time anyway she was like what are you doing and then i tried to sell her like 
I was like, I thought you never asked. You see the spot? They call me wide over looking for dirt. She started laughing. She's like, wait, wait, come in, come in. She let me inside her house. That's when I found out she was blind because she had her little stick. So as I walked in her house, she was like, do me a favor. She was like, so you selling cleaner products? I was like, yes, ma'am. She was like, how many bottles you got? I was like, I got four bottles. She was like, can you promise me one thing? I was like, what? She was like, if I bought them four bottles, can you have someone pick you up right now? Because I don't want nothing to happen to you. I was like, sure. So she bought the four bottles from me. So I called my manager. I was like, look, where you at? It's been like 15 minutes. This lady just bought my product. I was like, you ain't got to move me. You just got to take me to a whole nother side because she just told me why they tripping over here. Mm -hmm. So then he was like, I'm outside. Come on, let's go. Soon as I leave off her porch, I see him. He like right where she at. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Soon as I get off her porch, take a step, like five four-wheelers just surrounded me, like cut me off. Dude jumped off the uh, four-wheeler with a gun. He was like, didn't I tell you to get off my property? The same dude that was following me. Mm -hmm. He was like, didn't I tell you to get out of my neighborhood? And he pulled out the gun and pointed at my head. And I was like shaking like a stripper. I was like nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he was like, my brother about to pull up in a brown native pride truck. If you don't get in, I'm going to blow your head off. As soon as he said that, my manager in the van left. He took off and just left me there. What? So then I just started crying. I was about to walk up to the truck to get in. And then a unmarked police car just happened to come out of nowhere and like rescue me. And I was like in tears. I was like, I was tripping. And then I'm thinking the lady called the police because this happened in front of her house. But the police said that they was just on duty and happened to see it. So when the police came to me, they on four wheelers. They just start going through ditches, like because this their neighborhood. You know what I'm right, saying? They right, just right. scatter. So he start calling backup. I'm seeing helicopters, all type of stuff going on. So he took me in the car, took me to the police station, and this happened like at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was there for like eight hours. Because I had to do a police report, then they had to find them. So it took like eight hours for them to catch them. So they finally caught them. They put me in this little black room where I had to point them out. So I had to be 6'9 before 6'9. I had to snitch. I did a no look like, yeah, that was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and then like they let me go. And then when they let me go, my manager came, picked me up like at eight o'clock at night. And I went off on him. The whole Detroit came out. I went crazy. Like I was ready to follow. I can't believe y'all left me out here for a $40 bottle of cleaner. You just sit up there and left me. I was y'all top sales. I quit. I'm about to put y'all on blast. I'm like about to tell everybody y'all scam. Okay. Slow so. down. Slow down. I just want to get to like, <laughs> geez, Louise. And the only thing you selling is cleaning products. Yeah. That's the only thing you've ever sold. Besides newspaper when I was 12 years old. It's cleaning products. Mm. So this whole just gift for you is you can sell anything. I want you to sell, like, let's say, for instance, we never knew, Kenny. I see you downstairs, right? You got a platform that you say, man, I want the world to kind of see what I'm all about. Sell me and the audience on why Kenny Brooks supposed to be on Funky Friday. <laughs> Well, number one, the reason why I should be on here, because um, one thing I learned at an early age is that laughter is the best medicine for the heart. And I feel like the world need to laugh because there's so much going on in the world. God picked me as a person to introduce the world into pain for laughter to make up for it. Because, you know, Amid just said life is short. And I feel like that by me, you know, uplifting everybody with my, you know, charisma and sense of humor. Because, you know, every time you make someone laugh, it adds 10 more years to their life. I wish I could have made Whitney Houston laugh. Bobby Brown would have listened to me. So I feel like that I deserve to be on here just because of the simple fact that 
a lot of people slept on me because they didn't really knew I existed. Because I, I went viral a long time ago, and like some people thinking that I just recently went viral. Mm-hmm. But y'all put in a lot of work, and I mean, that's the sum of all look. Well, Kenny, I don't know if that uh, intro would have did it, but you on Funky Friday anyway, bro. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? And as we end everything here at Funky Friday, we're going to do this in unison. We're going to start with that camera right there. Then we're going to go to this camera right here. And then we're going to finish with our camera right here. You ready? Got one finger. One pinky. One thumb. One love. One love. You did. <laughs> well, you don't listen like none of my damn ex-girlfriends, bitch. <laughs> A little tease, man. It's over with, man. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate, appreciate it you. Too. From the D. And just for you know, where you come from? Just tell the camera. Where I came from? Yeah, where you come from? Yeah, I just came from Detroit. But how you fly? So I had booked a flight and it was a blizzard. Flight got canceled. And, you know, I ended up getting a rental and drove here like 12 hours, me and my wife and my four kids and her sister. Nothing be the failure unless you try, so. Boy, that's, boy, that's a way right there, boy. That's more than a wheel. You got four wheels in a way. <laughs> God, leave you, man.